Hi, you've reached the Spark and Mong Review. Please leave a message after the beep. How are you doing today? Um, I would like to let you guys know that the following podcast contains adult language, mature situations, tragic accidents, imaginary cell phones, conversations from hours apart, bus accidents, and machine repair. Listener discretion is advised. I hope someone hears this. Episode 179, You're Only a Phone Call Away. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga View, some podcasts and vetting reviews about kinetically enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and happy new year. It's a new year. This is actually the final episode being recorded in 2013, and it's going to be released the 1st of 2014. So, you may be releasing episodes after this, but this is the last one officially recorded for 2013, and 2013's been a crazy year. We've had ups, we've had downs, I got a really cool job and I lost it, I went to Otakon, the podcast has gotten some new co-hosts, lost some co-hosts, it's been crazy and weird, but hey, things are different and, well, we got a whole new year coming up, it's 2014, a lot of new ideas, a lot of new concepts, and things are looking really forward. We're going to see what happens and how everything's going to go. But let's get to the point you've all been waiting for. And what is that? What is this podcast? Spirekin is some podcast that may reviews about kinetically enhanced narratives. Every episode will tell you about one or two titles, depending on the situation, if it's worth reading, if it's not, how the art style is, how the characters are, and what's it all about. And you don't have to agree with anything we say, but I've heard we're a little entertaining. Unfortunately, today it's just me, so I should, we're using the empirical we, not the regular we, and, and more importantly that, it is... 9 o'clock in the morning on December 31st. I have a day off, and tonight's going to be a lot of fun. Ray's is getting ready for tonight, and Lethal is working, unfortunately, so like I said, it's just me. And I wanted to knock this one out of the park because, like I said, I wanted to get it done. I kept pushing it and pushing it, and we're, we're here. We're ready to go, and we got some pretty cool stuff. Now, remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.sparkin.com. You can email us at sparkin at gmail.com or me at sparkin.com or on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, Instagram. Just look up the word Spirekin, S-P-R-A-K-N, you'll find most of our stuff. Also, if you go to Amazon, amazon.com forward slash shops forward slash Spirekin, you could buy some of our mangas that we've gotten and 
hey, maybe you can get a signed autograph or a drawing one of us made. Definitely totally worth it. We should be getting our t-shirts up soon, and we may be doing hoodies or backpacks. We're going to be designing some new stuff, but that's all for 2014. We'll be hinting at that in times to come. Uh, just drinking some water while we're talking, but I digress greatly. So, since it is the last episode, and since I want to get ready, let's hurry this up and get things going. So, if you remember from the last episode of the Spyrokin Munger Review, episode 178, the great and all-powerful Zigzian episode, our Gundam The Origins Volume 1 review, the first of many reviews we're going to do for Gundam Origins, I spun that one that only the Wheel of Manga and it dictated unto me that I'd be reviewing a manga which is actually part of an anthology. It took me a while to track it down, but I did find it, and it's a pretty unique story. Cooler than that, it's actually written by someone who uses a pen name. And who am I talking about? I'm talking about Otsuchi, whose real name is Hirotaki Adachi. He's a writer from Japan who writes a lot of interesting light novels. And this story was based on a light novel. It was turned into the manga, which was released in 2003. The original was in 2001. There was a movie made in 2007, and it's part of the American manga, which came out in 2005, in the anthology called Calling You. The story, it's just the first part of this anthology, and this is the only part we're going to focus on, because that's why I spun, because there's other stories. But this is the main story, this is the meat. This is what inspired the live-action story and what it is. And as I said, it was published by Kodakawa Shoten in Japan 2001, but it was released over here under Stu Levy's baby, Tokyo Pop. So you're not going to find this easy unless you go to a con or somewhere else. But you could probably find it somewhere. Now, it was illustrated by Sitsuri Suzuki, and it's a supernatural romance tragedy. It's a Senen series, but it's something a little bit different than that. Let's get right into it. Now, the story, Kimi ni Shika Kikonai, or roughly translate, Nobody Could Hear Me But You, is the story of two individuals, technically three, who, they're all isolated, and this is them communicating with one another in a very unique way. Because it's about isolation and about being able to reach out and learn about someone and care about someone. Our main character is Ryu Ahara. Now, she's a 10th grader. She's really shy, and unfortunately, she doesn't talk, and she doesn't really interact with her peers because they're cruel. Kids are cruel. For example, when she was, she had the same hairstyle as when she was in elementary school. She kept the same hairstyle because it looked good on her, and she thought it wasn't. Some of her fellow students said, yeah, yeah, it looks really good on you, but then behind her back, she'd hear them say, that is the stupidest hairstyle. I mean, she looks like a kid. Why she keep that? And because of that, her confidence has been shattered. And she doesn't talk in class. And when she does talk, she stutters. She's a little bit intimidated by it. And she isn't popular. She doesn't just go with any friends. She doesn't do anything. She stays alone. And one of the big things is that everybody in the school has cell phones. That's the new big thing. You get cell phones. You customize it. You put down your ringtones, your backgrounds, all this. And she doesn't have a cell phone. She has no one to call. Now, on the other side... You have Shinya Nozaki. He's an 11th grader in Hokkaido. And he's isolated for a completely different reason. Because when he was a child, his parents and him were in a major car accident with a big explosion. And what happened was he lost both of his parents and he lost his hearing and his voice. So he's not able to speak, can't hear, and he's super isolated. I mean, who's, who wants to talk to the deaf kid? 
not a lot of people, and he can't speak, so it's kind of, they don't want us to deal with the mute deaf, they'll be, you know, they'll smile, they'll joke, but they won't talk to the guy, right? So he's pretty isolated, he has his aunt and uncle who he lives with, he spends most of his time going through different areas which are abandoned, looking for junk to find, or he goes to the junk stores, buys them, and then he fixes things, and he's really good at it. His goal in life is that he wants to work at this repair shop and just kick ass at it, and he's good at it, and that's his life, and he's also alone, I mean, he only has his aunt and uncle and no one else, and one day he's walking and he finds a cell phone, he looks at the cell phone and he's like, I wish I could use a cell phone, and he starts imagining what his phone would be like. Now, ironically, in Tokyo, Ryo is thinking the exact same thing. And she starts, because someone brings up, do you have a cell phone? It's like, no, I don't have one. But she starts thinking, but my perfect cell phone would look like this. It'd be white, and it would have this background and this ringtone. And as she's imagining it, she starts constructing in her mind a ringtone, a giant phone. That it's the perfect representation of what this is in her mind. You know, the screensaver, the ringtone, the alarms, everything. She starts to notice a couple of weird things happening. For example, her clock breaks and she goes to bed. And she wakes up like 10 minutes early because she heard her alarm. And her mom's like, oh, it's good to see you early today. He's like, my alarm went off. She's like, no, what are you talking about? Your alarm's broken. We're taking it to the repair shop. And she realizes the alarm that she heard was the one from her cell phone. And as I said, her cell phone doesn't exist. It's it's in her brain. You know, the other thing is that she starts hearing her ringtone in her head in school. She's in class, and she says, whose ringtone's going off? Whose phone's going off? What the? It's my ringtone. And her, her phone is ringing. And as I said, it's an imaginary phone. As she talks, and she, in her mind, she turns on, and she says, hello? Someone's talking on the other end, saying, I just had to see if this is real, if this number worked. And it turns out it's Shinya. Turns out that he's able to talk to Rio and they're talk they're communicating. They're actually like learning about each other and communicating and building confidence to each other. And at first, Ryu's like, This has gotta be something I'm just imagining it doesn't exist. And so what she does is she takes her phone and she dials a number and she reaches a person named Yumi. It's like what? And Yumi says, Yeah, I'm a college student and I'm um you know, I've I've kind of heard about these imaginary phones and what you have to do is you realize is that the length of the number is how far in time you are from each other. And she looks at the number and pretty much after some trial and error and talking to Shinya realizes that they're only an hour apart from each other. Like she's an hour ahead in time, which is good and bad for parts unseen. What happens is they end up becoming friends and like Shinya never tells Ryu that he's mute and deaf. And but he long story short, Ryu's able to get find the confidence to bring her voice on the real world and people notice that she's actually talking more confidently and things are going great for her. And meanwhile Shinya said, I found this really cool record player, I'm gonna bring it to you and I hope you really enjoy it. And they'll meet one day and they set up a time to meet. And as they meet, something kinda tragic happens. And the problem is it's kinda like if you've ever seen the movie um The Lake House, it's where one person knows something horrible is going to happen, and can they change the other person's fate by manipulating time, even if it's dangerous for themselves? It's an intriguing story. It really is. It's something different, something unique, and more importantly than that, it's tragic in a good way where you just... It makes you kind of feel melancholy afterwards. Like, you know, it's that good kind of hurt. 
or it's something you, you enjoyed experiencing, especially with the twist at the end. It's something which just, I don't know, it's it's different. The art style is, it's shoujo -y. It's The characters are very lithe, they're thin, their hair is very detailed. And it's more about, like I said, the story about these two characters who are together and what they learn about each other and how they grow as as people, even though their time together is short. Now, I know this isn't a super awesome review to end the year with, but it's something that's, it's just different. And it's kind of like the Socrates and Love manga I reviewed way back when, where it's that kind of sad where you appreciate it afterwards. I actually want to watch the live-action movie to see if it's as good as this manga was. This short story was because it's something which I think everyone should experience. Now, could go on about other parts, but I mean it's short, and I think you guys deserve to read it on your own and make your own judgment on it. So, that's all I gotta say about. It. So, after reading it, I'm gonna have to give this manga a really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will open, your soul will be forfeit to the great soul Magustar. It's just that good. It's that interesting. It's that unique. It's that cool. The fact that it takes such a dramatic turn for one of the main characters. It's a nice touch. Definitely a nice touch. Now you can hear me go on and on and on about this manga, but realistically, let's just say it's worth reading, and you have to check it out. That's the bottom line. So... With that in mind, since it is almost the end of the year, and even though I'm releasing this January 1st, let's get to the part you've all been waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga accepts no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on. What we're going to do is we're going to spin that Wheel of Manga, and it's going to reveal to us what we're going to be reviewing in the next episode of the Spyrokin Manga Review, episode 180, and the first official manga of 2014 that we're going to review in 2014. We got some good titles, some bad titles, and we're going to see. And actually, next episode, we're going to have a guest host or co-host, so it should be not just me talking to air. But we'll see what happens. So let's spin and see what we're reviewing the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review. Number seven. So, in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, I'm going to be reviewing a manga which is being released by Viz actually in January. So hopefully I can get a hold of it unless I got to scan it, but I should be able to find it. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about Nisikoi. Do I know what it's about? No, but it looks kind of interesting. We'll see where it goes. Um, I guess that's it. Um, if you guys are partying, be safe. And this is a new New Year, so happy 2014, guys. Thanks for listening. And as always, this is your Hosan. I'm Gonsville. Catch me next episode. Later.